Hello and welcome to the Life Care Services Health Services Division podcast. I'm your host for today, Tony Galvan, Director of Health and Wellness for Life Care Services. And I'm excited about doing our second part uh, of four with our Life Care Services Resident Advisory Council focused on our topic of technology with this group. Um, So last time when we were together, we had the opportunity uh, for this group to share information on how they were interacting with technology um, throughout their throughout their life, uh, their early years, growing up, throughout school, uh, and in particular, as technology saw a a relative boom uh, in their in their careers and in their later careers, uh, in particular. So we're excited to have uh, the group back uh, for our second part, in which we'll focus on current usage of technology, just to bring things a little bit more towards present day. So I'm excited uh, to welcome back um, Ed Seidel from Plantation Village. How are you today, Ed? Doing great. Glad to be bored. All right. Uh, we have <laughs> we have Anne Moore with us from Pomperog Woods. Uh, good afternoon, Anne. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And you? Good. I'm doing great. Um, with us also, we have Frank Monaco from Harrogate, one of our life plan communities in Lakewood, New Jersey. How are you today, Frank? I'm fine, thank you. And then lastly, uh, we have Fred Wilkerson from Whitestone in Greensboro, North Carolina. How's it going, Fred? Doing fantastic. Thank you. Good, good. So again, uh, last time when we were all together, we spoke about um, your your history with technology and looking throughout the decades at some significant um, uh, kind of innovations as it related to technology and your impression of those uh, innovations and those technologies. And what I found interesting uh, as, as you all were talking and chiming in was uh, almost that eagerness on, on wanting to chime in on, well, here's what I have today, or here's what uh, I'm using today to address that same, that same need or that same uh, desired outcome. So uh, I think this, this one topic now is, is probably one that, that, um, you all are going to be very excited to talk about. So, so when we think about um, current usage in technology, and actually this was one of the um, questions that you all posed yourselves to each other that I thought would be actually a great way to start this conversation. So uh, again, whomever wants to chime in can. You, you all don't have to, but, but I'm curious, and this was asked last time, Um, When you think about your community, your peers, your friends and neighbors, both within and outside of your community, um, how how many residents would you say at your respective community currently use technology in some fashion? Oh, I'm from Pomperog. I would say about 30%. Ed from uh, Plantation Village. I think it's a little higher when you phrase it that way. I would say closer to 80 here. Uh, Frank Monaco from Lakewood and Harrogate, and I would think here maybe 30 to 40 percent at the most. Uh, Dana from Cypress of Raleigh, if you're talking about macro technology to include cell phones and laptops, I'm sure we're at least 80 percent. If we include cell phones, this is Frank Monaco again, uh, then I would bring it up much higher. Yeah. Um, this is Anne from Pomperog. I'd bring it up a little higher, but not much. Mm-hmm. I'd say this is Fred Wilkerson from Whitestone. Um, 
we seem to be in the dark ages still. Uh, a lot of them have flip, flip, flip phones <laughs> and landlines. They don't have uh, uh, smartphones or smart anything. Um, so, but they do have uh, the flip phone for emergencies and such. So realistically here, um, I'd say no more than 20% are really using technology, unless you're talking about a TV. That, that that's incredibly interesting, isn't it? When you think about like categories of technology, right? Because you certainly have your your simpler technologies, uh, and and a lot of it because they've replaced. Um, you almost have no option, like like you have to engage with a certain technology, and then others, uh, again, depending on how new they may or may not be, uh, might have a little bit more of a of a learning curve. Um, you know, in in my experience working with communities and and kind of traveling throughout, what I found is that there's typically a bell curve uh, of sorts as it relates to technology adoption within our senior living communities, at least within life care services, which is, uh, you know, you have a good 10 to 20 percent uh, that are incredibly advanced, uh, that are that are just as connected as any other generation and have the latest toys and gadgets uh, and are very much up to speed on what's going on. And it's their primary way of, of communicating and, and really living. Uh, and then you have another 10 to 20 percent that, um, you know, maybe it is some of our older residents, not, not necessarily, but it could be that, again, still haven't had uh, a ton of exposure to, you know, maybe a computer. Maybe they still have never, you know, clicked the mouse in their lives and, and, and they're learning how to use technology or it's their first introduction in many ways to technology because they live uh, in a senior living community that is promoting uh, technology in some way. And then you have that middle um, 80 or so percent that is that is just somewhere in between. They have some degree of technology adoption. Uh, again, whether it's something like a television because you know that's how televisions are these days or a laptop or a computer. Um, great, great point with the cell phones, right? You think about um, you know, phone devices and how to communicate with those. Uh, at some point, um, older models and generations become so obsolete, you have no other choice but to use uh, what's what's more readily available. So that's that's kind of been my um, sort of perception on within our senior living communities how how that tech adoption is. Uh, Ed in Plantation Village, I kind of listed to, for my own benefit, personal use vis-a-vis -vis Plantation Village use that's open for all of us. And uh, I thought maybe we could break it out that way because there are some some different things happening for the village itself. That's a great point. Um, I, I would agree with that, Ed. So let's do that. Um, that was actually my next question. You kind of read my mind there. So so, so with you all specifically, um, I'm, I'm curious about you know you folks on this phone call here. Um, what are some of the ways that you currently use technology, uh, sort of big picture? Like how are you interacting with technology present day? And then if you want to elaborate on that a little bit and talk about specific devices or products, uh, maybe that you've recently adopted, I think I think that could be one way of going about it. So would anybody would anybody like to share? Well, I've opened my big mouth, so added Plantation Village. 
Um, for all my personal use, I have a laptop, iPad, um, a printer. I have a the laptop as Microsoft 10, which has Cortana on it. And Cortana is the very bright lady. You ask almost any question, she has the answer. We have Alexa, uh, which is just a basic uh, feedback of information when you ask the right question. And then you get into things like the microwave. And then I look at my vehicle with electric door opening and closing and cruise control and monitors, fuel, and the distance I can go and so on. Um, and suddenly I'm surrounded in electronics. So Ed, what are, what are some of the ways that, that you are benefiting from those different products and devices? How is it helpful? How is it a a positive experience for you? Well, I, I like, I prefer my laptop and of course I have a printer and a shredder. So. Um, as an officer of the council here, it's important that I be able to communicate with various groups involved in that process. And this is invaluable. I mean, I can put out memos, you know, with attachments of things that I want people to have and, and respond accordingly to them. So it's, it speeds up the process. So here, here's why I think that's significant. Again, you know, we, we talk a lot about what are some of the kind of wellness benefits of technology. And you think about your, even though you're, you're retired, you're, you're leveraging technology as a way to remain productive. Uh, in many ways, it's a sense of vocational well-being that you are, you know, part of these clubs and committees that require you to kind of do work, um, basically. And so technology is a way, in, in this case here, for you to remain just productive and effective uh, as you're communicating information about the committee or group that you're a part of. That's correct. Uh, uh, Frank Monaco from Harrogate and Lakewood. Uh, I have the uh, Apple iPad and iPhone. I probably use the phone, you know, I use the phone as a phone, but to stay in contact with grandchildren who are living all around the country and getting pictures from them. And uh, to me, that's probably the thing that I find the most valuable to me. The iPad, I use informational. I don't do any business on it. And, but I've, and we have a, a one gentleman here. If we have problems, we can go right to him, particularly with the Apple products, and he can help us if we have any problem, any questions. And I know there's a little group that meets with him regularly. Uh, but uh, when I got here, I I had an i um, a laptop, and I didn't do any business with it, and I decided that's the end of that. So I would say my my iPad is what I use the most uh, for information, and the phone for keeping in contact with family members all over the country. So that, that I found, find very valuable. Frank, what would you say um, was your learning curve with those devices? Was it pretty intuitive? Did you catch on to it pretty fast? Or did it take you a bit to kind of grasp your iPad when you first got it? Or even like your newer cell phone and some of the ways that you're using it to share photos and, and to chat in specific ways? Did you, um, did you find that tough to learn or was it pretty, pretty easy for you? It was not easy for me. I'm, I'm not a techie, but I had one grandchild who was still in college, living close by, and she was my instructor. And uh, 
pretty hard on me. But uh, uh, that's where I got to, that's where I got comfortable with the phone. The iPad, I uh, went to that gentleman here a couple of times, and he and plus this granddaughter, and they got me directed. But I still have trouble at times with both of them. Uh, you know, I'm not a really a techie person, but I do love those two things at my, uh, you know, for me to, to to be comfortable with to use enough. So it's th those things I really like using. Also, my car, I had to adjust to a, a car with, that was high tech, uh, but I, I, I got that down pat. <laughs> this, is, this is from someone who's not a techie. I just want you to know that. <laughs> This is Fred Wilkerson from Whitestone. I'm that person for Whitestone that uh, Frank is talking about at his location. I uh, use Mac uh, Apple products extensively. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm okay with IBM compatibles, but I use the Apple product most. I've got iMac, iPad, iPhone, Apple TV, things like that. And, and I use all of that all the time. And um, Ed was talking about cars. I, I have uh, all that stuff in the car, too. The phone is connected to the car, so I don't have to raise a finger or anything to, to get connected after it, it connects. And I don't have to disconnect either, so just thinking about driving instead. Um, it, it's that way. Um, and I, I help other people out like Frank was saying, at our location. It is an interesting idea how, how we're talking about certain people or groups of people that just will not even think about yeah. do, to do anything like that. They, they have a landline, uh, and they call it their phone, period. Right, and, that's it. And, that's it. And and I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to do anything else. I mean, and, and some of them even have trouble with a stupid remote control for the TV. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, um, but I'm here for that. And I don't put them down or anything. I just help them out and, and they say thank you. And uh, next week we might have another reshow. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it's interesting, I find, uh, what types of people really want to learn and and what what types don't and we've got all of them here but i still say that uh for the most part 15 to 20 percent are avid um this is jane at cypress of raleigh in addition to the technology that we've already talked about which i also use and i have a desktop as well because i'm still working and that works well for me in my office um I use a Kindle, uh, an e-reader, and I have found that to be great because you can just put it in your purse and go. It doesn't have to be a great big book, and if you want to have three books going at one time, no problem. So I really like my Kindle. Um, basically, technology for me is convenience because it's with you all the time with your smartphone or your laptop or your iPad, and you have access to people. You have access to information. We have Senior Portal here. I don't know if any of the rest of you do, but uh, we, do. we are able to, um, you know, key in a member's name, and up will come their bio information and their contact information, and we can keep track on the calendar of events that are happening, and we make reservations for dinner and off the portal. So I find all of that incredibly convenient. 
This is Anne from Pumperog. I have a PC, um, iPad, phone, Kindle, Fitbit, Alexa. I have my my children tend to give them to me. <laughs> I, I I love my PC. I I find it much easier to type on that. And I I love my iPad because I keep in touch with friends and family, um, and and people in England where I come from. I keep you know in constant constant contact. So I love my um, uh, computer. Everything I I enjoy them all. Do do you all feel with the uh, examples that you listed? Um, that your usage of technology again a lot of similarities with a handful of you uh, that are part of this conversation today. Do you feel like you you all are are pretty representative of what the majority of your peers, both within a senior living community and even those that are living outside of a senior living community, do you feel like that's pretty consistent what we just talked about today with what your other senior peers are experiencing, or are you seeing? different types of, again, personal devices being used by um, other seniors as well? I find very few other seniors, relatively few other seniors, use um, technology. I, I think they miss so much, but they won't try. At a plantation village, uh, we have uh, several people, of course, that are really on top of this uh, curve, if you will. The uh, the thing that's interesting to me is that next wave of people we're expecting to come into our respective uh, situations, and I believe they're going to be better educated. They're going to be much more comfortable with the uh, various tools that we are talking about because they will have grown up with it, certainly from their teenage years. Well, we lacked it, lacked that when we were coming along, and it's, it's really sometimes a struggle. Um, this is Dana at Cypress of Raleigh. I would have uh, confirmed that we just had a new building open. Ninety-seven people move in, and they are all email proficient and all very much tech savvy. Um, and we still have people who were original members you know, who are not. So I think you're right. As the different generations start to move into our communities, you start to see more and more comfort level with tech. Right. Oh, yes. Yep. And that's what you have to uh, look into, Tony, because you and LTS have to be prepared for the next generation that's coming in. And I'm glad you're having this type of uh, conversation. So, um so you're not going to be behind behind the eight ball. Yeah, and that's that's actually when I think about some of the upcoming uh, topics uh, that we want to address. Um, that's kind of our, our our final topic. What's next for technology? Uh, one of the bullet points that I have there is what you know. How can senior living communities uh, best position and prepare themselves for current um, usage of of technology, and then certainly upcoming expectations. Uh, you know, based off of that that changing demographic that you all talk about. So um, given, uh, again, a lot of the great examples that you all shared with personal devices and what you're encountering um, kind of day in and day out, I'm wondering, um, in addition to your own um, sort of individual usage of technology, how is it that you're encountering technology outside of your own personal 
choice to have a specific device in. Um, I think it was um, Dana who mentioned like the resident portal uh, as as a way of, of, of engaging with that. Uh, some communities position a resident portal like in a common area kiosk or there's digital signage or there's in-house TV stations. And so you think about within your community, um, outside of a personal device, how are you engaging with technology? But then also, uh, again, some of you mentioned like your vehicles. Uh, and then kind of once you're out there outside of the community and going about any given day, sort of in the greater community and the greater world, if you will, uh, what are some of the ways that you're experiencing technology and what are some of the things that you're liking and then maybe not not liking so much with, with present day technology, just kind of bigger picture? I had a plantation village. Um, I think it's amusing, almost terrifying to see some of these people walking with their telephones and not looking at where they're going and consequently having a few accidents. Uh, same thing with driving. I can't believe how many people text while they're driving. Yeah. But given that, the, the ability to communicate where you are at any one time when, you're when you have a vehicle, that I think is a very important thing. The other thing is the ability with some of these um, apps that you can get, for example, will tell you there's an accident ahead on the road and suggest a detour, as my daughter runs into that around the D.C. area. <laughs> so it's got two sides to every, every question on that. I want to expand on that a little bit. I think you brought up a good point with, with apps or applications that you might use on your cell phone, as an example, as a way, again, of of literally navigating the outside world with something like a maps um, app as an example. Are there any other apps um, uh, that, that you all use, again, as you look to engage with uh, again, the, the greater community at large outside of where you live or even within um, that help you remain connected and present some type of a convenience element for you? Well, I, I this is Anne from Pompeo. I'm an avid gardener and I just downloaded an app that will identify a tree or a plant. Uh, I just take a picture on my phone and it will identify it. I just love it. Yeah, and Flight View, this is Dana Cypress. When you're flying, uh, you can check your flights uh, if they're on time, what gate they're coming into, what the flight before it is doing, and will it be on time. I love that kind of convenience. Also. Yeah. So some of you mentioned um, early on just remaining connected uh, with family members in particular uh, and leveraging technology in that sense. Uh, is that something that you would all kind of agree with is, is representative of how seniors are leveraging technology or maybe that's the gateway into technology? Uh, you know, hearing you all talk about how there's still this cross section of your peers that are, you know, technophobic or maybe just aren't interested in involving themselves with technology. Um, do you feel like that's a good gateway or a way that seniors are are being introduced or um, sticking with technology is because of how it can help them stay in contact with friends and family? Uh, Frank Monaco from Harrogate. Uh, I know here it is. Uh, there, there are several pe you know people here who are not really interested in technology until someone in their family will come and set something up so that they can see pictures of grandchildren in the uh, in California or for, or Texas 
Uh, and uh, you know, I, I think that's one little hook that gets some of them interested in even going a little further. But I know that's important to, I'm sure in most of your facilities, that uh, that's one of the things that the residents are, you know, really want to be comfortable with, because that's one thing they really, they see, they see something worthwhile in that. So I, I, I liked your point. So what I was going to ask as a follow-up to that was, you know, one of the areas of resident communication that I feel like a lot of um, vendors and providers are, they perceive to be valuable. And I've seen mixed reactions to this. So I'm wondering what you all think. So, so we talk about communicating with like friends and family that are, you know, far away, maybe in a different city, state, whatever it might be, or maybe they're local, but you know, they're not, they're not necessarily there present. And um, we've seen a lot of, 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 again, value, presumably placed on resident to resident communication. And again, I, I feel like that's been received with mixed reviews. Do you all feel like that is a priority at all? So in other words, you think of something like a resident portal or an internal network of, of residents being able to communicate with residents, whether it's um, uh, direct messaging or, uh, again, just, just some sort of resident to resident communication within your, or, within your own community. Is there, what value, if any, do you all see in that? Dana at Cyprus, I don't see a need, if I understood your question, Tony, where we would have a facility to actually connect through messaging or texting directly to a member through some kind of portal. What I value is the access to the information that I get easily to know what their phone number and email address is, and then I can reach out one of those ways myself. Yeah, uh, Dana, I think that that's um, sort of the kind of the majority of the feedback that I've, you know, that I've seen as well. Um, you know, sometimes I also feel like there's kind of a, an intermediate there where, you know, if there could be the ability to communicate with other residents of either whether it's a sister community or you think about life care services and how big we are, uh, would, would there be value there, do you think, based off of like a common interest uh, or, or some sort of a of a point of connectivity to be able to link out to, well, like you all, you know, all, all five of you are from different communities and you think about uh, remaining in contact, messaging, sharing pictures, video, whatever it might be, again, based on a certain hobby or interest, what value, if any, um, would you see in that? This is Anne from Pomborg. I think it would be great to be able to communicate um, with different people in, in different areas. If that's what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, this Dana, I'm not so sure I would see value to that myself. Mm -hmm. Add Plantation Village again. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're not traveling as much as we used to. Uh, some of these uh, far-reaching possibilities aren't as important as just being able to do it on campus. One of the things I wanted to mention, we use a uh, telephone blast uh, with any of your recorded numbers, whether it's your landline or your cell phone. And uh, we, as you know, we went through this hurricane recently with Florence, and they had the ability to blast every resident with information in a very timely manner. 
How do you all feel about, um, again, as technology gets integrated, especially within our communities? And again, some of you talk about like the portal uh, and information, again, at, at your fingertips. But you still have the idea of folks wanting like paper versions of things, right? Whether it's an activities calendar, a newsletter, a certain flyer. Uh, and again, maybe it's specific to that um, smaller percentage of residents that aren't as into technology as, as some others might be. But do you feel like as an industry, as a community, you'll ever be able to go paperless uh, uh, for, for any given area? Or do you feel like it's just something that you're you're always going to have to provide both uh, as a way to meet a resident's need? Uh, Frank Monaco, again, from, from uh, Harrogate, uh, we tried to go paperless or use less papers three years ago. And uh, we had everything in the halls with the everything going on, you know, the, the, the screens, and we had to put all the paper back because so many residents were so, and we had it on TV, every, but we still, we still have, we're, we are, went back to using lots of paper in addition to uh, the other things that we have to notify them of what's going on. Some of them were not happy to be without the paper. This is Anne from Humphrey. I would say it'll be another 20 years before we can do without paper. I was yeah, going to say, I, I, this is Whitestone, I think maybe 10 to 20, like you're saying. Um, we're not up there, we're not even close yet, because no. as, soon as, we, as soon as we get the baby boomers in, uh, such as myself, then, um, then things will change. But we've got to get that first, and we've yeah. got to convince got to convince them that a retirement center is a retirement center, not a home. So they get an idea that, hey, this is a place to live really well, and we can go anywhere we want to and then come back home, uh, and everything's hunky-dory. But they don't have that perception as much yet. Right. Good point. Um, I, this is uh, Dana. I we've, we've never gone paperless as a society in virtually any area and you know we get a lot of things digitally people still print them so I'm not sure there'll ever be a time that we can go completely paperless maybe there'll be certain applications but uh, I think it's a ways off too I think this is Fred from Whitestone again I think as we get a different age and different abilities and as our bodies digress, it would be much easier to push a button on an iPad than to turn pages and such. So I see that that will become the norm uh, again within 15 years or so. I because it is just like I believe it was Dana or Anne was talking. We're talking about. Uh, their their um, uh, same thing as an iPad, their book reader thing. Um, you can Kindle, thank you. You can you can keep so many things on that and just swipe the book. It's so much easier and so much lighter, and uh, that will become more uh, advantageous as we grow older, in my opinion. 
So we, we talked about some of the current devices um, that you all have and what you're using. Um, just out of curiosity, are there any devices that you all or any you know pieces of technology that you've been curious uh, about trying? And as into technology as, as the handful of you are, um, you know, is there a reason why maybe you haven't approached a certain technology that you maybe feel could be beneficial or helpful in some way? Yeah, the plantation, really, some things uh, are appealing, like being able to tell Alexa to turn on a light here or do this or do that. However, uh, the other thing is getting up and actually doing something is important as long as you're yeah. capable. Uh, and that, that, that and the lack of personal interaction bothers me the most. Uh, what I was thinking is your next uh, topic, uh, technology and health and wellness and all that, that's where I'm really uh, interested in because that not only opens the door without a key, but it keeps tabs on your health and everything like that. That seems to be the way we can use this technology and we need to get uh, more information about that and see about implementing it in our society, our society here in our villages. Uh, it's, it's Frank again. You, you had asked what we might be thinking of trying. Well, the one thing I always think about and have never done anything about is getting more comfortable in using apps. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but maybe this will spark me into even looking further into it. So thanks for that. So, but but I think that that's one thing I always think about. And I think, oh, well, I won't be using them. Why would I even get involved? But uh, this conversation makes it a little different, and maybe I will get involved. Well, that 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 makes it interesting too. I think again, just sort of previewing our our, our final topic on on what's next, and again, what senior living communities and providers like, like us can do um, to encourage that, right? To sort of share and have the educational opportunities that um, give you a way to not only learn about different apps that are, on, that are out there and how they could be beneficial, but how to, uh, how to actually use them. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, and uh, I think it was Anne, your comment that made me think about you know when you when you talk about the security and and the and the safety side of things and the risk and whatnot, um, you know one area that I'm curious about your perspective on is actually social media. Uh, and so you think about how you're using technology with devices, why you're online, uh, what you do when you're online, and you know different websites or again uh, staying in contact with friends and family members. I, I do think, and we talked a little bit earlier about. Um, again, kind of an internal network of, of resident to resident communication where there maybe doesn't seem to be as much as much value. But tell me a little bit about just some of your perceptions of, of social media. And, and, and by that, I mean, like, like a Facebook, um, maybe like a, a Twitter, even um, some of these sites where you are, you know, you have your profile, and you have your network of, of friends and family and acquaintances and uh, whomever. Um, that, that you're just remaining in contact with and maybe you're 
on some of those um, platforms just to see what's going on, or maybe you're very active. Uh, and so from your standpoint, um, tell me a little bit about what you think of social media uh, and, and even as it relates to some of the other residents and, uh, and just seniors in general. What do you, do you think that social media is, uh, is viable um, you know, for seniors? Is it, is, it, is it positive overall or is it just something that maybe doesn't apply as much? This is Anne from Pomberg. Um I, I love social media. I'm involved with Facebook. I'm involved with the gardeners um, group here in Connecticut. And I get all kinds of information. And I found old friends and um, children of friends of mine. I thoroughly enjoy it. But I don't think many other people at Pomperog do. Uh, this is Dana, and I'm, I do Facebook, uh, not as much as I used to. I did it when my grandchildren were younger. They don't really use it much anymore either, so right. I'm not on it as much as I used to be. And LinkedIn, that's another one I use. Ed at Plantation Village, I've backed away from it with all of the mean stuff that's going on across, across those platforms. I also still belong to the generation that really doesn't want to share all of his life with the whole world because once it's on Facebook, for example, it's there and it ain't going away. Uh, this is, this Frank, is Frank again. Uh, Frank, I, I, I also use Facebook very – I've trimmed that down, uh, and I, I started to get very uncomfortable with it. So I, I don't know about social – media too much for some of our generation um, some some of it gets scary but but of course we'll, we some of us will be using it a little but I, I don't know about using it a lot anymore this is Fred from Whitestone I think I've never gone on uh, I guess about six years ago my brothers and I decided well let's go and I stopped it immediately. Uh, I think I still have the account there, but I don't ever use it. Um, I I see that as uh, what what um, Ed was talking about. Uh, what it does is blast. It doesn't communicate. It's not like what we're doing back and forth. It's just I'm here and look what I'm doing, and I'm blasting yeah. it out to the world, and that makes absolutely no sense but as y'all were saying that's what the grandkids were doing but that as i think um uh frank just said that's changed also because technology has changed uh so you know in six months it's everything else is new again uh they've they've gotten onto different portals um and do different ways of communicating. So even that's outdated as far as for our senior citizens here, uh, for the most part. It was a good means of getting photos of grandkids and actually keeping track of grandkids because that's the only way you'd get in, any information from them yeah. by, by going online and, and seeing what they're doing. Uh, so that was the way to do it, but I think that's really changing now. I think you're right. Do you all feel like if there was more meaningful content 
that was, again, senior related, if you will. And I don't know if that's even a fair way of describing it. But again, you think of early generation social media being like you all are saying, stay in touch with family members, um, you know, keep, keep track of the grandkids, uh, reconnect with whomever from, you know, from a prior job or who you went to school with or whatever. Aside, aside from those, I feel like social media is turning the page on that and becoming more um, content specific uh, towards different audiences. And uh, that's why people go on social media. It's more to consume information. Uh, and so do you all feel like if, if content was better geared towards um, you all um, as seniors, that that would um, incentivize you to uh, either go online or, or, or better use or more use social media in some way? This is Anne from Pomperg. I find there are many different groups that you can be involved in on Facebook. You, um, as I said, I belong to a gardening one. I belong to Brits in the USA. And I, there are many, many groups that you can join. That's interesting. This is Fred from Whitestone because I say it's interesting because what I like to do is go on to YouTube and find out right there how to do something. And, and you have the video with it and the whole, whole nine yards. I don't really care about joining another club or anything because it, I have uh, so much interaction just within my community here that uh, keeps me busy, and I'm happy about that. But as far as joining more clubs, uh, this is the the limit. Uh, being here with uh, LCS, that's uh, and I'm enjoying that too, and I've got space for it. Um, but as far as a club and as far as what you're talking about, social media, I'm out of that. I hate social media because of what it 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 denotes. It's just a blast. It's it's not it's media. It is not interaction. Oh, this is Anne again. I find that it is interaction because um, I keep going back to the gardening. I can ask a question. Someone will answer it. Someone will give another opinion. Um, and, and there are so many like that that um, I think if you looked, you would find something that you might find very interesting. That could very well. If there was an app for how to take a nap, I would be for it. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, I'd like to thank um, all of my guests uh, for today. A great conversation. So thank you, Ed and Dana, Frank and Fred. I'm looking forward to our uh, third part uh, of our conversation where we'll dive a little bit deeper into uh, how you might be leveraging technology uh, to enhance your health, your wellness, and overall lifestyle. So that uh, that will be an interesting topic as well. So thank you all for your time today, and have a great rest of the day. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.